Wow. First of all, thank you guys so much. The worship was amazing. Wow, thank you so much. I have loved, this is my first time on this side of Canada, so it's been awesome. So I've just felt so much glory here. So I'm like, I need to come back, Sebastian. Please invite me, I need more glory. So, so hey, Pastor, you know what was really cool as I was watching you, and I, when I walked in your office, I saw just this deep, like this really strong father's mantle on you, and I, I just, I saw people in different nations, and they were, um, wow, so I saw these young men looking, crying out, God, send me a father, and I feel like you've been raised up to father so many young people. I don't know if that you feel that, but I feel that. Like there's a mantle on you to father, like a lot. And I feel like there's such, like in this building, I feel safety. Like I feel like this is a safe place. And you know, God's looking for places that he can send people that will be safe places for them. And I feel like this is a safe place, but your heart is a safe heart. And so God's going to send people that he can entrust for you to take care of their hearts. And you're going to see their ministry grow and grow and grow. And you'll be like a proud papa on the front row just championing them on. And they couldn't do it without your safe heart helping their heart. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Wow, I just feel the Lord all over that. Wow, wow, wow. Increase God. Lord, we even pray for him that the right people that needs to be aligned with him would come with and meet him this season, that he could help. And, Lord, that the glory of God and the power of God would cover the earth because his heart is aligned with these sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you for that. And, Kevin, you're just amazing. You're amazing. I, I just, when I met you, I was like, I like him, you know? So I'm like, you're fun. But I also saw, like, what I saw behind you is I saw, I know, I know you're the senior associate, but I saw a whole generation following you. Like, you were made to, to lead a whole generation of people. And Lord, we thank you for these lives, and we thank you for such unity in this church, God. We thank you the Father hearts here. Wow. Wow, I can be lost, so we won't try to make me be lost, but I love it. I love safe places. Um, you know, when you have a church that's a safe place, keep pouring your finances, keep pouring your heart, keep pouring your services into it, because there's, I'm just telling you, it's very unique, so we love that. It shouldn't be unique, but it is. So one of the things I wanted to share, of course, you guys don't know who I am. So um, <laughs> I actually am the founder and, um, of International Young Profits. It's a global young profits movement that we have, and Sebastian's part of that. But we have we're part right now. Um, the Lord had showed me that he would give us one young profit from every nation of the world. Right now, we have 24 nations, about 150 global young profits. These are office of the prophets, okay? So, so like these people are most profits right now that God's raising up are not just prophets, they're reformers. So because we need their take their mantle and reform nations. So they sometimes don't look like they fit in. So we tell people we're not looking for perfect prophets, we're looking for pure prophets. And so when you have a pure heart towards God, he can use you in any aspect. And so for me, I'm not looking for dynamic people 
they may be dynamic, but I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for these pure-hearted people that will exalt God in the nations. We're going to see miracle signs and wonders because it will bring in the lost. And so what is it, the statement of miracles are a dinner bell for salvation kind of thing? I think Bonky says that. So, so we are going to carry all this. We're going to like really be prophets. And you know prophets are servants. I think in past times, we've seen prophets try to be more than that because of identity problems. But we say we are servants. We're servants to the body of Christ. We're servants to the world. And so when you know who you are on the inside and you don't have orphan spirit as a prophet or you're, ba- you know, like prophets do battle rejection. But if you know who you are, God will get you through. And if you surround yourself with mothers and fathers, they'll get you through. So in our movement, we have some of the most amazing people, and these people have the hearts of fathers and mothers, and our leadership team are people that really, like, we feel that would, um, they are going to probably be the next mothers and fathers in the prophetic movement. So I want to show a little bit of our, our, so you guys can know what surrounds me and pushes me. This is, can you go to the other one, our apostolic, these are our apostolic advisors. So we have, um, the way God calls me is... I'm like the person that didn't know like you're supposed to just be part of one stream. Like I was clueless. I think God kept me clueless. So for our movement, we have different streams of the prophetic, right? So in the prophetic, we have Tom and Jane Hammond, um, Patricia King, Will Ford, James Gall, Chris Dupre, um, Barbie Yoder, Dr. Melody Hilton, Russ and Maeve Moore. These are all different like streams. So I didn't know you were supposed to stay in one stream, right? So... Anyway, <laughs> I know. So, and then, so th- right now, that, those are the people that surround me to build what we're building because it's not a one-man show. We're a company of prophets. And so in that, when you honor your mother and father, to know where you're going, you got to know where you came from. And so for us, honor is a huge thing. It's a basis. It's a culture of honor is the foundation. I don't allow anyone in our, if I hear any kind of dishonor going on, I I don't care how anointed you are. You'll probably get a good talk from me. So we try to really keep honor. All our mothers and fathers love being with us because they said, you guys always honor us. You want to run with us. You honor what we've done in the past, and you're not. So here's the difference. There's one that sometimes I hear. um, There's one thing if you go, you stand on the back to push yourself up, okay? But that's not how it's supposed to be because sometimes we hear like, it's our turn now and you're supposed to push us forward. That's not, I don't think that's kingdom at all. Here's the difference. If you stand on a person that's paid a price for decades or something and you push yourself up, that is, you have your own agenda. But if you stand on their shoulders, then you have a continual kingdom thing going on. And so when you honor that, you're actually propelled in the future. And so we believe a culture of honor is the foundation of what we're doing. So then you'll see my leadership team that surrounds me also is, we have a Canadian. Do you guys know Kale? Yeah, we have Charlie Champ. John Thomas took over um, John Paul Jackson's ministry. Um, Josiah, them are from New Jersey. Larry Sparks is the publisher of Destiny Image Books. Um, Justin Kenneth is from Philadelphia. You know, so we have all these people here. Um, Daniel's from Hong Kong, just announced part of Global Awakening. So, so there's so many, even in our next-gen leadership team, we have so many different streams. And so these guys love each other. Like, when you get around them, they love each other. They don't even think about streams, to be honest. So I think there's a different um, thing happening in the prophetic movement because we have, we have to create a culture of honor in the prophetic movement. Here, here's one thing the Lord showed me. He said, um, 
he said to me, he said, uh, you know, for years, I actually just wrote an article for Charisma Magazine, if you guys want to read it, but it kind of talks a little bit about this. For years, we heard, um, we heard these pr prophets for decades, people we love and people we walk with, they, they would say, there's a new breed coming of the prophetic, you know, and all this stuff. There's going to be a whole generation in the prophetic movement. And then what people didn't warn us about, though, is the weaknesses, so they, they were championing us, and we love that. Who doesn't want to be championed? We love it. But then, like, now we're seeing it over our generation because everybody has their opinion. Um, some of the weaknesses of prophets is they're led by their feelings. You know, Stacey Campbell says the strength of the prophet is their sensitivity. The weakness of the prophet is their sensitivity. So if we're not submitted onto Christ and we're, we're walking out the word, um, and prophets should be the most passionate about the word um, people. So, so with that, um, it, what happens is we start, we're starting to live, well, God, I feel this way, okay? And so when you feel that way and you're, it's not word inspired, then what we do is we give our opinions and we start, instead of using our justice for kingdom, we start using the justice in us that God's given us um, to say crazy stuff. So we'll leave it at that, okay? My nation is full of that right now. So they are trumpeting dishonor, no pun intended there. I love my president. I pray for my president. I champion him. But the dishonor, we're seeing people don't know when you dishonor, it puts a curse on yourself. It doesn't put a curse on other people, put a curse on yourself and your lineage. And so for me, what does it look like for prophets to actually take that instead of, we're never going to bash anyone that's not even kingdom, but what we do is then we go, well, let's model a culture of honor in our generation. And so what we're doing now is like we're starting to see these outbreaks of people talking about a culture of honor um, and how do we do it correctly. And so I actually think it's so beautiful to see because when you when you walk in that, there's blessings. God pours out blessings when you honor. He just pours it out, and he can't stop. He's just like a good father that just likes to throw stuff on us, a blessing. But when you have dishonor on you, it stops the blessing of God. So that was not my message. That was just like a preview. So I just wanted to share where, you know, the people that kind of surround us so you guys know that I'm not a crazy prophetic person. I'm just kidding, but so thank you guys so much for the invite, but okay, so um, last year, um, I, well, the year before, um, before we even Billy Graham passed away or any of that, um, one of my roles is I love times and seasons, like I want to talk about what God's saying for that season, prepare the body of Christ, because my role is to serve the body and like prepare them for whatever God wants to do, and I just happen to, because I don't get to hear a lot of Sunday mornings unless, you know, you go back and look. And I just happened to be home that day, and I heard Patricia King preaching. And she started talking about transitioning her whole ministry to focus on the harvest coming in. And when she said the word sickle, something in me, she starts weeping. I'm watching it online, right? So she starts weeping. I start weeping through, like, the internet, like, look like a crazy person in my room, like, weeping. Um, and I started weeping, and I was like, oh that's the name of our next conference. It's called The Sickle. And I said, God, this is what you're trying to do. You're about to bring in the greatest harvest of souls. And so, so then I told Patricia, I texted her after service, and I said, hey, I feel like this is where we're due. And um, so we started talking about the harvest and say, like, for me, I'm super practical, like super practical. Like, even though I'm a prophet, you know, sometimes prophets are like, ah, 
you know? And so I'm like, pull it down. Let's see what God's saying and how can we equip the body as a prophet? So, so I, we celebrate every type of prophet. I'm just saying my own thing is I like practical. And so I asked the Lord, God, if we are to prepare for um, this great harvest of souls, like what is my role as a prophet to the local body? Because every prophet and prophetic person should be part of a local body. I champion the local church highly. Everyone, it scares me if somebody is, tells me they're prophetic or they're a prophet and they're not part of a local body and submitted to a pastor. So, Selah. Um, and, so, and so I said, God, what, what is my role in it? And the Lord said, he said, you need to help prepare the internal part of the body for this. And so then I heard the Lord say, accuser of the brethren. And so he knows I'm going to go look at the original and find out what that is, right? So I go, and the, of course the scripture would come, um, the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. And first of all, I just want to tell you this, I love the body of Christ. I love the body of Christ. Any prophet that tears down the body of Christ, please stop listening to them. Okay, they need to be dipped in the Father's love again. So the, because if he's the head and we're the body, we're beautiful to him. We may not act like beautiful some days, but we are beautiful to him, and he adores us. I mean, he adores us. So what he does is, how do I make you beautiful if you're not acting beautiful sometimes? So that's my role today, okay? So I'm just saying sometimes in the body, and I say start with me, Jesus, if there's anything in me that's keeping this harvest from coming in, change me. Okay, so I just want you to know the basis of my sermon today. So, um, so when he said accuser of the brethren, it says accuser of the brethren has been cast down, which is the devil. And then so then the same word in, G in John 8 says this, okay? You remember when they had, they called the woman in adultery and the Pharisee comes and he says, it says Jesus had sat down to teach that day. And so he comes and he's got people behind him. You know, sometimes when people are accusing people, they don't do it by themselves. They always gather a little group of folks to come and say, well, I can't believe they're doing that. You know, and so, and so all of a sudden he comes and instead of what this guy had already gotten these people behind him, they, he thought he would get Jesus involved in that, right? So Jesus actually didn't start accusing the woman. He actually, it says he started to write in the sand, right? So then he then turns to them and says, which of you are without sin? Cast the first stone, right? He's the religious folks, right? So all it says, the scripture says, from the oldest to the youngest, they threw their stone down. And so then Jesus turns, what a good father. I mean, what Jesus is like, that's who I want to be like. I, he's just rocking. I don't even want to listen to people's meanness towards other people. I want to be like Jesus. and Like, I'm riding in the sand right now. So he turns to her and he says, he says, where are your accusers? Uh, or some, another translation says, where are those that condemn you? That same word is the same base Greek word of the word from the accuser of the brethren, the devil. That means that sometimes we can partner with the enemy to come against people and sound like the enemy and not sound like Jesus. And as prophetic people, we, I tell our young prophets, you have two things. Your voice is made for the earth in this season. You can either partner your voice with the devil or you can partner it with God. Those are your only two options. So when you start accusing and saying things out of your mouth, 
against somebody else in the body, when you have such authority on your voice, you're partnering one of, one of those. And I don't want you to partner with the enemy. So I want people to consciously think about, like, what is coming out our mouth? We're going to be judged by those things. And so, like, as, especially as prophetic people and prophets, we have, I mean, how many people have been hurt by, in the body have been hurt by prophetic people or prophets? They have authority. <laughs> they have authority in so much with their voice and somehow the enemy has made them come in agreement with him. And so what, like this, then Jesus says, he like, he so loved this woman. He told her, he said, no, you know, you just go now and just don't sin anymore. So, like, I feel like with this season that we're coming into as the body of Christ, and I, like I said to you, start with me, Jesus. If there's anything in my heart, keep in me, because it says, the Bible says, they'll know you belong to me because you're love one for another, right? And so it is in the spirit is my lack of love for my brother in the church keeping other people from coming in the kingdom? Or, is my, or do I need to get to a different level of love, right? So, so I started studying, okay, you know, we have, you know, what does love look like? And, you know, like love is actually powerful. To people that are prideful, love looks weak. But love is actually the strongest thing. If you can have love walking, going through you, like you can change the world. So, so I believe like really like the movement that's happening is not just a love. How can you say you love God and not love your brother? And so like for me, I'm just like, God, we need a whole movement of like a revolution of love that goes on. And I don't mean that corny. I just really mean that, you know, because if for us, if we got in the world and we're telling people how bad they are, or mean they are, they're not going to be like, oh, I want to follow your God, you know, you know, but what if we do like of kindness and we go out of our way to love people the most unlovable people are the ones that probably needed the most and some of us were the most unlovable people and God still loved us past that right and so like we have this amazing time an amazing season that we get to stand in the earth and create history and say we are going to be part of the greatest movement on the earth of a harvest of souls so, um, so here's what the natural dictionary says about love. Love is the act of caring and giving to someone else, having someone's best interest and well-being as a priority in my life. To truly love is a very selfless act. Um, another one says it's a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affections. The Bible actually says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it, does, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Help us all, Jesus, me at LAX airport. Um, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. And as I continue, like me and the Holy Spirit, I'm like, God, tell me more, tell me more. How can we do this? And I realize that we hear so much teaching. I don't know if here in Canada, but in the U.S., you hear a lot of teaching about the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't hear a lot of teaching about the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the deal. I want everyone equipped. I love the gifts of the Spirit. Man, oh man, who doesn't love prophecy and healing and miracles? But those are, represent him. That doesn't represent me. That represents him. The fruit of the Spirit represents me, right? So here, here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we on the inside look like that, we actually look like Jesus to the world. So my greatest thing in the earth is not to be a great prophet, but to look like Jesus. Because when I stand before him, I'm going to stand before him trying to look like him. Did I, was I transformed on the inside? Did I act like him in the earth, right? So here's actually one of the, one of the ones I want to concentrate on. The actual word patience, another word for it is called forbearance, okay? So here's, here's what forbearance means. In law, it's the action of refraining from exercising a legal right, especially enforcing the payment of debt, right? So what happens is if someone does injustice to me, in the spirit, they actually owe me, right? In the spirit. So what Jesus says is this, okay, so the fruit is all those things I talked to you guys about, all love, joy, all those things, right? And of the Spirit means you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do those things. So like I can't go someone and say, oh, I love you, because then it's not, it's not a perfect love, it's not the agape love, that, right? That's just like a man love, right? So the agape love, the agape love is actually a perfect love, it's a perfect love of God, and it actually is a choice love. Because people go, well, I don't feel like loving them. You know, I don't know if y'all have ever said that, but I have said that once or twice in my life. I don't feel like loving them. Well, that's not what God, that's an earthly thing. When I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, I can get the fruit of love because it's a choice love. So God didn't say you need to feel it. He says you need to choose it. And so when I go to my brother that has done me wrong, I take forbearance, the patient, and I release them from the debt they owe me. So that thing above that they owe me is now released and God could touch them and I release them. And I look like Jesus now on the inside and I'm building that. And so when then love comes, love says, it doesn't matter what you do to me. And even if I feel like still telling you off, but I'm not because I look like Jesus. And even if I still feel that way, I choose to love you in this season and this love. And you know what? Even I'm even going to go further. I'm going to take you out to dinner and I'm going to give you a gift. And so now I'm looking like Jesus, and then God is working a work in me. I don't care if any man looks at me. Now I'm looking like Jesus on the inside, and God can do anything with me. And here's some, here's some actual verses with love that shows the agape choice type love, right? Luke 6.35, love your enemies. Agape your enemies. What? Do you want me to have choice type love to my enemies? Why didn't he say just love your family? Why didn't he say, love the people that love you back, but love your enemy? Jesus is such a radical. He just, you know, like, the word of God is so radical. Like, I don't know how people get bored with it because I'm like, oh, Lord, it's like a mirror reflected my selfish little soul. So 635, agape your enemies, have a choice of love with them, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. So you have to like serenade your enemies. You will throw, I mean, throw the devil out of the room, right? So John 15, 13 says, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Greater agape, he out of a choice love. I can't imagine, Jesus still had feelings. Like, can you imagine giving your love knowing that some people still would hate you? And then he says, no, I, I still choose. I choose this. It's a choice love. Another verse is 1 John 3, 11, For this is a message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Wow. 
We're supposed to agape, have a choice type love to each other. But here's what happens sometimes. We're in church. We look over the person across the aisle. Well, I can't believe they're raising their hands. They know that they did me wrong. And the Lord said, you need to make things right before. I can't believe, you know, and I can't believe God's exalting them. They're a jerk, you know, like whatever. And so we have this like un craziness going on on the inside and maybe that's suppressing that because I you know why I get better because God sends people to iron sharpen iron and then I start looking like Jesus but when the irons come you're like you think it's all about them and God needs to change them but he's actually trying to make you look like him so until you know if you get pressed and you keep reacting that means you still need you know thing. And I go, God, I still am reacting when that person walks in the room. I just want to slap them. No, I'm a Christian and I'm a prophet. I shouldn't be slapping people. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying for me, the, the number one thing is like God is just trying to make us look like him. And so for me, I love, I actually love God to press on me because it makes me know that I shouldn't be moved by people's critics and things like that. If you want to be used by God, you have to be able to endure and go above. I don't want to react to people. I want to respond to them. And so God is just doing such a work in us. And then, so like another type of thing is, um, I was thinking of, and I, when the Lord brought it to me, and he was talking to me about a political spirit. And so a political spirit, and you know, for my country, we think about Hillary. We think about, I'm sorry, do you not talk politics here? Okay, so, so we think of that. But you know what? Actually, a political spirit's in the church. You know, this is what we do. We come and we go, we go over to somebody's house and say I go over and Kevin and I are friends and I know he doesn't like Sebastian. And um, so he, he starts like putting Sebastian down to me. But because the political spirit rules my heart and I want to be everything, I don't stand up for Sebastian. I actually let him be thrown under the bus. And then I go hang out with Sebastian, and I don't, I, I like, I'm playing it all. Like, isn't that what politicians do? And so what we do is, in, what I need to do is to Kevin and say, Kevin, you know what? Please stop. Um, you know what? We need to shut people down when they start gossiping about others in the body, because what you're doing, you're fractious, you're fracture, I can't say the word this morning, fracturing the body of Christ when you gossip. And so I need to say, Kevin, I would love to hang out with you, but you're talking about somebody else in the body. And if you, you have odd against him, you need to talk to him. But if you cannot and you need to talk to him you, or talk about him to me, well, I need to leave. You know, so when we start stopping people in their tracks, gossip will stop in the church. But what we do is we entertain with our political spirit, and we just don't want to ruffle feathers, and so we let things go by. So I'm like, God, you know, with this great harvest of souls, so we're coming back to harvest, because I we're talking about the inside of us personally. Um, now we come back. A good father is not going to take their kids to somebody that is going to mistreat them, right? If you're, if you're taking your kids to um, daycare, you're not going to take them to daycare and say, okay, oh, just be mean as I'm going to let you be mean to them today. You know, no good father does that. So God is very protective over the harvest that's about to come in. He's a good father and he he is trying to prepare the church for the people coming in. They're so wounded in the world. They're so wounded. And so when he comes in, if we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in love, 
to walk in all this stuff. They're not gonna see fighting among us. I'm not talking about like stuff we could deal with and really have like that. You know, when you go to, when you go to someone, um, when you go to someone to talk to them about maybe them hurting, it's not about getting stuff off your chest. It's about reconnection of the relationship, right? So people go, I need to get this off my chest, so I'm going to tell you off. See, that's a wrong relationship way to go to someone. When you go to them, it's about reconnection. What is the lie that's gotten in between us to separate us as brothers and sisters, and we are here to fix it, and that's the only reason I'm here to be with you? That's a higher level of love, right? You're not there to tell them off, but to reconnect. So, um, so that's a whole different sermon. But um, so, so with this, why we have got to stop. We have to have gossip-free zone churches. We have to have gossip-free homes. We don't need to gossip about other people in the church in front of the kids. We don't need any of that. If anything, just like if you are really upset, go be with the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and then ask the Lord, say this, Lord, please empower me by the Holy Spirit to love my brother. And soon you go to give them a gift. If you're really mad, go give them a gift. Those things will start to break off of you because now you're acting like Jesus. And so with this harvest coming in, God wants, he's looking for churches to trust with the great harvest to come in. And when we love them really well, he smiles on us. And when we love each other really well, he smiles on that. And so God really is, this whole movement is about the great harvest of souls. And so that's what I feel one of the reasons prophets come in is they come in to say, hey, let's let align with the heart of God. Let's align with the Bible. Let's align with what God wants to do in the earth. And if it takes cha me changing, I'm, I'm totally okay with that because I want to look like Jesus. And so so if if you guys can, I know we're going to end a little early, but I really want to pray really right now, Pastor. If you guys want to come up, can everyone stand? We I want to pray for souls. I want to pray for prodigals. I want to pray for people in your workplace. I want to pray for people that are really hurting in the world that we could provide a place for them to come and we would be a light and we would invite people in our homes and say, we love you. God loves you and like really live it out. And we're going to shut down things that are not God, things that maybe things have been allowed in churches or in our hearts that have become idols and we justify our behaviors and God just really wants to do that. And, you know, if we can get someone on the keyboard, just like, wow, Lord, Lord, we ask you baptize us in the love of God. Lord, let us walk in such, such love, Lord, for the lost and for our brothers and sisters, God, and all these things things that the enemy would put in our heart as a prophetic generation to separate us from our from the body, Lord. Those are even little foxes that have come in, Lord, to just to stop the unity of the church. God, we ask you if you would shift that thing. Show us, give us insight into, Lord, our carnal ways. Lord, let us be empowered by the Holy Spirit and walk in the earth with such authority and such honor, honor for the lost, honor for your spirit, honor for the body, Lord. Lord, we ask you, we pray for the prodigals, God, if our lives of dishonor have kept the, the harvest from coming in, if our lack of love has kept for each other in the church has kept the harvest from coming in, God, we repent of that. We repent of unforgiveness to the person sitting next to us. 
We repent of unforgiveness, God, to our bosses. We repent, God, we're called to be servants. We're called to be servants in the earth, God. Let's go up on that next level of love and be empowered by the Holy Spirit when we can't. We don't have strength, God. Let's have that choice type love, Jesus. That we choose to love our neighbor. We choose to love those that have hurt us. We choose to walk in a place that's kingdom. Wow. Let's just look, Lord, if there's anything in any of us to separate us. sense as Elizabeth was sharing too I, I felt like the Lord just show me that even some of our sicknesses are through lack of forgiveness things that we've said about others every one of us in this room is guilty of saying something wrong I just think what Elizabeth is bringing and caring is it's to shift something in the atmosphere here today. It's to, it's to shift something in our hearts. It has to start with us. You know, three of our core principles, truth, the word of God, honor, and integrity. Truth, honor, and integrity. And as soon as we start letting a political spirit, we actually become religious in a political sense. And the religious and political spirit co-labor constantly. And she's come as a prophet to break, to break something in this house. Watching on TV right now is to break something. I'm not saying that we all have a bunch of problems. I'm not saying that. Just every one of us wants to be more Christ-like. I think we need to hear exactly what the Lord is trying to speak and what he is speaking clearly to every one of us. Because if any one of us, me included, think that it's not for me, then we're living a lie. Because it is for me. It is for me. We need to, remember that little song as children, we need to watch what you say. What is it? Watch it. Huh? Be careful, little eyes, what you say careful little mouth what you say because it's actually a big mouth and you can have a big mouth for one of two sides you can have a big mouth for the enemy's side or a big mouth for God's side the tongue is a two-edged sword so I think just right now I'm going to give it back to Elizabeth and wherever she wants to go let's just but I just feel as as Dawn is playing and let's just get right first ourselves before we're ever expecting anyone else to get right. Let's get right with self. Let's, you know those things that have hurt us in the past? Maybe someone has said something. I got a pile of them that people have said. And they hurt. They're like, they're like knives in the back sometimes. Let's forgive. Let's just forgive them right now. Every one of us makes mistakes. And they make mistakes too, but let's just, let's get into that attitude right now where we've got to deal with ourself first. We have to deal with self first. 
Yeah, you know what? We were going to lift Jesus up because he is our ultimate champion. He's who we want to look like. We exalt you today, Lord. We put down the idols, the things that we've justified to be who we are. And, you know, they're not even kingdom. And Lord, we lift you up today. We put you on that place. And we say we want to look like you. We want to be like you. We want people to look like us and say, what's different about you? that have heard us seeing the healing in our hearts I just keep getting over and over again the 
the miracles that I just finished seeing in Russia. That no one had to pray for them. And I feel like as our hearts are being healed, again, I believe it's a trigger to our own healing physically as well. And in the natural realm, like I'm talking not just a sickness, that yes, sickness, I'm talking finances, I'm talking debts, I'm talking mortgages paid off. I'm I feel like God is doing something. He wants to do something so great because he wants his power of his testimony released to us. And let's, so as we're getting our hearts right, I'm gonna go another step and I'm gonna say, if your heart is right, you, you are forgiven and forgiven the things that needed forgiveness in your own life and your own heart towards people. It might have been abuse years ago. It, it, it could have been bad words that were spoken. It, it might not have had anything to do with you, but it was spoken to you and you heard it and, and you've been carrying it. We have to get our hearts right. We have to walk into forgiveness for many did not know what they were doing. And they killed Jesus, and he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And I really, truly believe that there's answers to prayer waiting to be released because our hearts are becoming purer, purer and purer again. Answers to prayers. Many have been crying. It's like I see in the spirit right now some people that have been crying out. Yes, it's for family. It's for wayward sons and daughters as we, as we were talking about earlier. But I'm talking about people that have been praying for ministry, for opportunity, for, for more resources, for better jobs, for management increases. And I, I feel like they're in the spirit waiting to be released. They just have to have the right heart for God to pour out. We exalt him. We don't exalt ourselves. You don't exalt me, Elizabeth, the leadership. No, you exalt him. Big H, H I M, him. It means God, it means Christ, it means Holy Spirit. That's who we go after. Of course, we have to honor and have honor with each other. You can't have a good marriage without honoring each other. But you don't exalt each other. You exalt Him. And that teaches us how to love. It teaches us how to forgive each other. It teaches us. And so I ask, as we sing this one more time, I ask, step into that step of faith. As your heart is being healed, I can see it. It's like a ministering angel in here right now. I can see it clearly. There's a spirit of, of miracle signs and wonders. And it doesn't have to be a hyped up service. It just is in his presence. In his presence. As our hearts begin to heal and we begin to forgive others, so does his presence want to dwell with us. So does his presence want to dwell with us. Because when we live in unforgiveness, his presence doesn't want to dwell in unforgiveness. It dwells in forgiveness. And so as we sing this one more time, you personally, in your own heart, in your own life, go after it. And then I feel like I'm to encourage you, go after something miraculous. Go after something miraculous and let God be the miracle worker this morning. And I exalt 
sense I agree with Brent and what's going on there's this God wants to move in miracles but I just want to touch one back on one thing on this Liz brought the message here of dealing with the heart and forgiveness unforgiveness holds back so many miracles but I felt like when we were declaring that is you guys God's been doing something in your heart and you're right now releasing people that you've held bondage in your own heart it's only hurt you Unforgiveness only really hurts you. Yes, it has other effects, but you're damaging the, yourself the most. And I actually felt that there's people in this room that just need to really say, I forgive. And there's people in this room, and I, and I almost sound sacrilegious, but I felt like God said, he's a safe daddy. And he said, some of you guys just need to say, hey, I forgive you, God. Not that he really did anything wrong, but there's people I heard, well, you weren't there for me. You didn't heal me when I came up last time. You didn't do that for my family. My child is still wandering. You know what? God says, just say, you know what? He's a big guy. He's not offended. Sometimes you just got to break that off yourself. Lord, I forgive you. Yeah, we know God didn't do no sin. But I forgive the situation, that mindset even. And then you have that. You have a choice right now to instantly switch. Switch now. And don't beat yourself up. Don't even, once you've asked forgiveness, it is like it never happened. So if it's never happened, don't think about it anymore. So now we step into this realm where there's the glory here today. We step in, there's miracles that God wants to move in today. During worship, during transition, I saw so clearly Jesus coming out of the tomb. And he said, look at my face, Kevin. Look at my face. And he had the biggest grin. He said, that grit was looking 2,000 years ahead from now, and I say, I come with the power. Just imagine, just for a second, I don't think we even think of it sometime. Jesus got ridiculed on that cross. The Son of God, he took a pain. He took insults knowing he could destroy the whole earth in a moment. Just think, I don't know about you, but I would feel pretty excited when I all of a sudden go, boom, I'm back, boys. I'm back here. I'm back. And authority and he's saying I got the keys and those keys are breaking open and they're for here today and as we sing release them there's miracles in the room I specifically felt there's something to do with vertebrae also to do with somebody with some blood sickness in their blood in their cells God is healing right now come on come on you can grab it or you don't it's a choice it's a choice kidneys right now I see kidneys being healed Come on, let him just touch you. Look at that face and get excited. Look into that face, the biggest smile, the biggest excitement. Get excited with heaven today. Come on, it's a choice to either believe in what he did for us or you don't. He did it all, guys. And I like what Brent says. We don't need to get hyped up, but you do need to get excited inside for Jesus. And you need to focus on him right now. 
Come on, God is declaring, look into my face. I paid the price so you can look into my face. Your healing's right there. Come on, come on. I see a heart right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for valves being fixed right now. In Jesus' name, I'll recreate a miracle, Lord. I ask you to release the creative miracles, Lord God. Come on, you guys. Those, there's elders met with me this week, and I can tell you, if you talk to them, miracles broke out. And they weren't just miracles for the moment. There, there's testimonies that are still there. Come on. I declare in 2019, we don't just lose it after the meeting. Come on. Miracles, the sustaining miracles, and oh, Jesus, Lord, I create a miracles. Come on.